there, and welcome to In My Words, Jumo's podcast series that brings the experiences of real patients directly to you. At Jumo, we provide resources for children and families to understand, manage, and own their health. Sign up for free at jumohealth.com. Hi, I'm your host, Christy, and we're in Sydney, Australia, talking about spinal cord injuries. Today, how an injury so physical can have a massive impact on one's mental health. The sudden life changes that accompany a spinal cord injury can be extremely difficult to cope with, and everyone copes differently. The emotional ups and downs of shock, fear, sadness, worry, and confusion can make it very difficult to focus on other health and lifestyle needs. We're back today with Dom, who tells us of his experiences after his spinal cord injury and how his mental health was impacted. So I was living in this apartment in Newcastle and it was paid for by the Air Force because I was still a serving member of the Air Force uh, despite having the accident. They hadn't medically discharged me yet because they couldn't do that until I was set up and had all the equipment that I needed and I was stable. Uh, so they had denied any liability to me um, having the accident because it was on the weekend. So uh, it took them a while, but uh, a year and a bit after my accident, they stopped funding me and discharged me from the Air Force. So I was forced to move in department of, into Department of Housing. Uh, it was a paracord unit in Newcastle, which is great that there is a house like that that you're able to move into. But at the same time, it was quite a horrible time in my life. So I thought when I moved into Department of Housing that the people that lived in Department of Housing were just sort of down on their luck. Uh, you know, maybe it had a couple of bad things happen to them and were there for that reason. But the people that were around me were just terrible people. Uh, a really horrible, horrible place to be. And it sort of... um started to weigh on me a bit so everything that we you know not having my friends coming around anymore not seeing anyone sitting in this dank little apartment all day started to really weigh on me um and I started to get really depressed and I didn't know at first that I was depressed so I had to go and talk with a psychologist because I needed I was missing appointments and people wanted to know why I was missing appointments so they thought Maybe Dominic's got a brain injury because he hit his head when he was when he dove into that water. So we'll go and get him to go see a psychologist to see if she can assess where he's at mentally. Uh, and she came back and said, you know, you're quite intelligent, but you're severely depressed at the moment. And that's why you're missing these appointments is just because you just don't care about going to these appointments. You know, that doesn't mean anything to you. And I was like, oh, that's true. I, you know, I don't care about going out or whatever. It's just, I'll just sit in the apartment all day and watch Jerry Springer or whatever was on television. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, quite, uh, confronting too, to realize that you were in the midst of like deep depression. And, um, I think everyone who goes through that stage, uh, has thoughts of killing themselves and how you would best do it, whether it be a drug overdose or are you going to just run your wheelchair off a pier into the water or uh, one of the ones that I thought would be you know quite good would be to grab a knife and plunge it into my leg to get the main vein or main artery in uh, my leg and I thought if I did it in the shower people wouldn't have such a mess to clean up and it would be painless because I can't feel my legs anymore so 
probably would be uh, not a bad way to go, but my brother had just had a little girl and I started to think about my family and what that would do to them. And I think when you start thinking about them and what you've already put them through, uh, you start to realize that that's just not the right option. It's not fair on them to put them through more grief. And uh, yeah, that was sort of when I started to think that I needed to really move on and, and start progressing and move forward and um, yeah, live a more positive life, I guess, and stop feeling sorry for myself and yeah, putting my family through hell because I was quite angry at that stage too. So little things would happen like dad would come down to visit and say they would go out to get dinner and they'd get something for dinner that I didn't like. I'd get quite angry and I didn't know why I was getting angry. It was just a, a stupid little thing, but I would make a big fuss about it. And I remember talking with a psychologist at the time about it. Uh, and she really helped me deal with those issues of, um, yeah, those little angry outbursts that I used to have early on and dealing with that and dealing with the fact that my friends weren't coming around and that, um, I was at home alone by myself all the time. And it really helped to talk with someone who, you know, I don't know what it was about someone who's professionally doing something like that. You just feel more open and you can tell them all the sorts of things that are going on in your life. And, um, it's really, really helpful. Uh, and I also found I had one, well, I had a few good friends, but I had one in particular who lived in Newcastle and she came to my house one day and she brought some paints and, uh, we just put on some music and started to paint. And I remember, um, at first thinking, oh, this is a bit stupid. But then as I painted it sort of, I don't know what it did, but it just gave me like a purpose again and something to do every day. And I remember getting up and looking forward to getting up every day so that I could keep painting and doing things. And that was, um, completely new for me again. Like I, that was the first time I'd found enjoyment, I guess, out of anything in over a year and a half. So that was great. Um, and that really helped me along the way as well. Though Dom struggled quite a bit mentally after his spinal cord injury, he was able to identify the things and the people in his life that gave him joy and something to look forward to. From the clinical side of things, we asked Dr. Adrian Epps, what are some strategies and resources for coping with mental health challenges? Addressing mental health challenges is something that everybody and every young person with a spinal cord injury will need to do over the um, time course of their um, hospitalisation and then once they get um, home or back into the community. Um, not being able to do the things that you once did um, can cause a lot of grief and loss. Um, and it's normal to experience negative emotions like anger and frustration when you can't do the things that you did before. These feelings are normal. Um, it's important to talk about how you feel with a family member or one of your healthcare team. Um, finding something to do that you enjoy, spending time with people that you like to be with are all helpful strategies. Um, maintaining friendships and contact with peers, maintaining contact with school uh, are really important um, and helpful strategies to address uh, mental health. A psychologist can be helpful. Um, in terms of dealing with these emotions and finding ways to cope and express emotions. Uh, depression and anxiety are really common following spinal cord injury and these kind of symptoms can fluctuate over time. Um, serious depression can have a really negative impact on health outcomes as Dom explained. 
um, and reduce participation, reduce, you know, the need to go and have regular health appointments and that sort of thing. There are treatment options. Um, there's talking therapy, there's cognitive behaviour therapy, counselling, and also um, through your GP or your doctor considering antidepressant medication if the other strategies aren't working. Um, some simple strategies, as Dom mentioned, like relaxation and mindfulness can be really helpful. Uh, if you're feeling really down or helpless, you can actually get help and depression is treatable. Um, contacting Beyond Blue, Lifeline or the Kids Helpline, um, which you can call on 1800 is uh, a really good resource for 5 to 25 year olds and they also have an online um, counselling service which is really good as well. The Black Dog Institute has a number of resources and a lot of information on their, we their website and I'd recommend that you go and have a look, particularly preparing for those times when um, you might be feeling down because they can hit you at any time. So there are a lot of resources for people in Australia when it comes to mental health and getting support. It's important to reach out and not be afraid to do so, because if one thing is for certain, you are not alone. It's also important to understand that one's journey with mental health is ongoing. So there are a few key, um, I guess, points in my life where mental health uh, sort of made a big change in my life, both positive and negative. The first would have been when I moved out of uh, hospital and into my own um, unit. And that was just such a negative point in my life. And I really took such a, uh, a sharp negative turn there when I left hospital. Because in hospital, you're surrounded by people that are in wheelchairs and you're all going through the th same thing and you can talk with them about it. The nurses all know about spinal cord injury and they're, they're all, um, you know, trained up and know exactly how to treat you and, and how to... Um, sort of maneuver you around and help you. Whereas when you move out into the community, you're the one in the wheelchair. There's no one else in a wheelchair. The nurses don't know how to look after you because they don't look after spinal cord injury people uh, very often. So you've got to direct them a lot more and you go to the places where you used to go. You go to the shopping centers and you're in a wheelchair and you've never been there in a wheelchair and that's quite confronting. You go to like a sporting event and you're in a wheelchair. You go to your niece's birthday parties and you're in a wheelchair and it's really hard to start conversations with people because I don't know, I just, I don't have great confidence with those type of things. And it really weighed on me, um, all of that stuff and really took a negative impact on me until I started to seek help from the Spinal Cord Injury Centre in Newcastle. Uh, and they put me in contact with a um, psychologist, Kelly, and she really just helped me. I don't know how to explain um what she did but it's just talking with someone and she just it was just that voice of reason like you know in your own head that the thoughts that you're having are you know not normal and not great and whatever but they just have a way of telling you and calming you down and making you see that oh yeah it's not the end of the world and you know if I talk to someone and they don't want to talk to me that doesn't matter or if I drop something people are more than happy to pick stuff up and if they don't then that's their issue that's got nothing to do with me you know that's who they are not who I am if they don't want to help me and um it was just great to talk with her so that was a a massive turning point talking to her and then again when my friend brought around the paint and I it gave me something to do again and I realized that I could still find activities 
that I enjoyed doing. It wasn't such a negative thing anymore. And I learned to concentrate on the things that I can do rather than the stuff that I couldn't do. Because when I think about all the things that I can't do, I get quite depressed and upset. Whereas if I think about all the things I could do, I'm a much more positive sort of person. So those sort of points um, really helped me like to change my life and turn it around. And then again, having the support of nurses and also OTs and people that um, are there to help you and support you and encourage you to do uh, more things and, and get you equipment that can help you to um, you just live your life more independently, whether, whether it be stuff that you've never heard of before or stuff that you've seen other people using. Um, yeah, it's so helpful to have those people to get uh, information on equipment and stuff. Information is key. As Dom explains, reaching out for support is so important. Like Dom, you may be surprised at how helpful the support of others can be. Yeah, so if I was going to pass any sort of mental health advice onto others, it would be something that's extremely simple and it sounds stupid. And I thought it was a stupid thing when Kelly suggested it to me, but I used to find that I'd get quite angry about little things that were quite insignificant. And she told me when I felt myself getting angry to just stop what I was doing and take 10 deep breaths and then see how I felt. And I don't know if you've ever stopped and taken 10 deep breaths, but it takes quite a long time to take 10 deep breaths. And it is um, by the end of the 10 deep breaths, you sort of let go of whatever it was that you were uh, preoccupied with and um, you're feeling better about yourself as well as uh, doing what I thought was a bit strange at first, but um, mindfulness. So if you just type in mindfulness to YouTube, you'll get a whole heap of um, videos and audio things. And it's just basically 10 minutes of someone saying, relax and be calm and uh, let the thoughts go out of your brain. And those things, as strange as it sounds, and I was never into this sort of stuff before, it really helped to calm myself down and help me deal with anxiety and, and different things. Cause I do suffer a lot with anxiety when I've got different things that sort of I've never done before. If I'm going somewhere I've never been, or if I, you know, if I'm thinking about talking to someone at uni or a girl or whatever, then I get a lot of anxiety around that sort of stuff. And I end up, I developed a little bit of a tick, which I probably should deal with, but I, I rub my belly a lot, which is uh, quite strange, but it's something that I've sort of only just noticed in the last couple of months is with, uh, that I do. But yeah, I think breathe, 10 deep breaths uh, is always a, a good option. So when you have a, a spinal cord injury or any sort of really severe accident, I believe that you, you mentally, you go through a lot and it does take a toll on you. And, you know, that's just normal. It's normal human behavior to, to have negative thoughts when something changes dramatically in your life and you can't do the things that you once used to do. I think as long as you're able to, to recognize that, um, you know, you have some issues and it's okay to have issues and you go and seek help. Yeah, there's lots of um, mechanisms to help you, like um, there's Beyond Blue, uh, there's Helpline for kids, um, there's your doctor, with the nurses that come to see you. Anyone really that you know is health is, uh, is a health professional will be able to point you in the right direction, and you shouldn't feel uh, bad about asking people for advice or asking them if they know someone you can talk to because it's just a normal human reaction to to go through these things when you, you suffer such a massive trauma in your life it's a it's a big change to make and it's completely normal to have i guess those dark thoughts and yeah it's just as long as you realize that um they're not healthy and you need to talk with someone about them 
A key message we'd like to emphasize here, as discussed by Dom and Dr. Epps, don't be afraid to seek help. The emotional rollercoaster that follows a spinal cord injury is rough but normal, and you don't have to take that ride alone. Please note that this podcast and the information provided by Jumo Health is not to replace clinical therapy and treatment. If you are in a crisis and need immediate help, please reach out to the resources mentioned by Dom and Dr. Epps. These include Lifeline. Lifeline provides all Australians experiencing a personal crisis with access to online, phone and face-to-face crisis support and suicide prevention services. For 24-hour telephone support, call 13 11 14. Kids Helpline. You can reach out to Kids Helpline at any time through phone, email or online to talk about anything. Call 1800 55 1800. Beyond Blue. Beyond Blue provides information and support to help everyone in Australia achieve their best possible mental health, whatever their age and wherever they live. Black Dog Institute. The Black Dog Institute is dedicated to understanding, preventing and treating mental illness. Check out their many resources online. This information can be also found in the show notes of this episode. For our US listeners, if you are in a crisis and need immediate help, call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. Text START to 741-741 or call 1-800-273-8255. Available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, confidential and free of charge or go to your local healthcare provider or school's counseling center during business hours, or call campus security or the emergency number provided. Thanks for joining us to talk about the importance of mental health and spinal cord injuries. As we discussed today and in our last episode, it is important to take care of yourself both mentally and physically after a spinal cord injury, and it's okay to ask for help in doing so. We'd also like to thank the wonderful Dom for being so open and honest with us about his experiences and Dr. Epps for her guidance and suggestions. Our next topic will have a more social theme to it, love and relationships. Thanks for listening. Interested in hearing something special or want us to help share your story? Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. The health information contained in this podcast is provided for educational purposes only and is not intended to replace discussions with a healthcare provider. In My Words is produced in New York City and distributed worldwide. In My Words, a Jumo production.